Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody and welcome back to another Triforce podcast with me, Lewis, Sips and Period Flax. Mm. Say hi. Hey. It's been, a, it's been a week since we've been away. It has. Uh, and that was because I think there were like holidays, chips away, adventure. Yeah. You know, you guys live a busy life with, with children and families yeah. and streaming. Yeah. Oh, last, you know, week, last week was my oldest daughter's sports day. Then on Friday I went to Berlin. Whoa! So now is Sports Day for kids still like just a fun day in the sun? No, no, they they um they've evolved past fun now. It's like yeah. right. ultra competitive, serious. It's a it's like a good a good gauge for whether or not your your kid is like uh like physically a active or a or loser. Exactly. That's right. It's like a right. it's like a testing ground now. Is it is it kind of like is it at the point with your kids where it's gone beyond cute though? Because originally I guess it started off like like doing like they do in a play where all the parents are filming it and it's really cute and they're really bad. Yeah. They, but now are they just basically mini Olympic athletes and they're being like yelled at by competitive I, I don't dads. think Sips is, because your eldest is what, five? Uh, yeah. Six, he's six. six. Okay, yeah. so it's the same as my youngest and their sports day is still pretty adorable, right? I mean, they just, yeah, yeah. they run around, but none of them are very quick. They're all kind of uncoordinated. And they're, no, yeah. They, they have the race, they have like, there's normally a relay, so no one feels bad, you know. Then there's the egg and spoon. Is there like a, because I remember... Is there like a sack there's race? A sack yeah, race. egg and spoon. Yeah, there's exactly. a sack race. Yeah. I've never before witnessed 20 kids not get a a basket in basketball. That's that's <laughs> what sports day is like. It's right. watching 20 it's kids unbelievable. not be able to do any sports. But it is it is really adorable. It is funny. It's, yeah, it it's is funny. really cute. Yeah. But so my eldest is is nine and a half and more or less. And she uh their sports day, some of the kids are really good. Like they have the 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 hundred meters basically. It was a full hundred meter run, um, and yeah, they were some of those kids were like blindingly quick. Yeah, they got like full muscles. Yeah, they're like beards. you can see that yeah. the the, the yeah. shape between a six year old and a nine year old is it's three years, but in that time their bodies are now growing so much that their legs are like elongating, like steroids, like Mr. Elastic. It, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, the, the they're like horses. They're like little horses. Yeah, <laughs> some of the kids run like <laughs> Shetland it's ponies. Insane. Yeah. yeah, and they're all kind of skinny and and sort of lithe, you know. There's the, there's like there's a, there was the one kid in the year who was like the fat kid in in that year, and uh, yeah. it was it was it reminded me a lot of Sports Day because everybody's everybody's watching him thinking there's no way this kid wins. Like the moment he steps His feet up, of strength is eating all the donuts on the sidelines <laughs> while all the other kids are <laughs> running. <laughs> 
<laughs> of course. Come on, I ate 50 donuts. Oh, well done, yeah. Walter. Look at this. He's like, he's, when's the hot dog eating competition starting off? <laughs> Joey yeah. Chestnut's over here. Well, everyone's got to get a medal. You know, that's how it works. No, you that know. isn't. That actually isn't. No, I think that, not, that, is, a, anymore, that no. is honestly a myth. Mm. Um, I mean, my daughter's very frustrated when she hasn't won something. And I don't say to her, oh, you're a winner to me, sweetheart. Like, I just said, well, try harder next time. Maybe they're just better than you at it. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm not going to tell her, you, you know, we're all winners. That's bullshit. Well, that's no. a very American idea, isn't it? But I don't think that is the case ever. Yeah, but I, I don't even think that's an American no, thing. No, I don't they think They take it is. sports incredibly seriously in America. I don't know where this idea came from, that there's participation medals. When you're five, yeah, because no one wants to deal with a crying kid. Come on. An- another thing they do when they're really young is they, um, all of the, all of like the, um, the events, if you like, are team-based so it's not down to like one kid to, to do really well right they do it as a team so they're so so they have they get into the mentality that they're they're working as a team and not just yeah. as one person sort which of which i think is good but then the, yeah. once once they get to year four which my well, fourth grade i guess it is um my eldest now you know they have a it's a proper race and it's you against three or four other people and you have to try and beat them so the tragic thing is my, my eldest is extremely clumsy, bless her. She just that's just the way she is. She's a clumsy kid. Uh tease her about it. You know, she's she's she knows she's clumsy. Um she's the sort of person who, from a standing position, doing nothing else will occasionally just fall over. Like right, she literally right. will just sort of collapse. She's like, Whoa, I fell over my feet. I'm like, you were you weren't even moving. Maybe she has like a fluid imbalance in her in her <laughs> ear or something. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't. It's just one of these things. She's just not the thing yeah. is she's just not really paying attention, right? right? She takes after her dad. So she's in the sack race. I thought I hoped to God she was going to be in the foot race. She's in the sack race and I was like, here we go. She makes it two yards and then immediately collapses in a massive heap, falls over and, oh, no, no, it was the skipping race. They had to run 100 meters with a skipping rope. Oh, that's a brutal right. one, though. It was that's brutal. Yeah, so some brutal. of the kids have the technique down. It's like they take big, long strides, and the, they're swinging the thing, and they're just timed. their timing is perfect, and they just maintain that timing. My daughter, she f- skips once, catches her foot on the rope, and goes, blam, right into the ground. I had to <laughs> wait for the other competitors to go, to go steaming off, and I run on and, you know, cuddle her, and she was very upset, mainly embarrassed, honestly. Got a bruise on her hip and everything, but she was okay. And then she did the egg and spoon. She always does well in the egg and spoon. But I, I'm not going to say... Th- I don't want her to get a medal for coming last. No, no, no. Like, no I'm no. sorry. It sucks that you fell over. I know you felt bad. But uh, what are you going to do? You can't give people medals for coming last. I, I think, honestly, like, you know, you, you you look at the Olympics, right? We need to get these sports in the Olympics. Because we've been doing them from an early age, okay? <laughs> yeah. We've been training. You know, you go to, like, you see these, like, you know, Chinese athletes. They say, oh, yeah, we've I've been doing this thing since I was five. We've been doing egg and spoon race and sack race since we were five. Amen. Right? Yeah. We should get those in the Olympics. Right? I'd watch them for a start. I'd Skipping race. Great idea. professional sacking. The Chinese are smart, though. See, they don't <laughs> waste time with the egg and 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 spoon race and the sack race they just get everybody into the actual olympic sports for their sports day so if you yeah. go to china and you go to a five-year-old sports day they're doing kayaking and fucking <laughs> javelin. javelin and discus and, <laughs> and all that shit skiing, and, the whole and thing. that's why they win all the time because they they're they're in it to win it yeah. they start from an early age serious. training on the good stuff they don't waste their time with all of the the events that aren't events like nowadays, BMX biking is an event, and like I yeah, did a lot of BMX fuck? biking when I was, you know, five or whatever, and I'm not competing in in that event. And maybe I should. Well, you know, you know what they're saying: two Olympics time, or maybe even one Olympics time. They're saying um, esports. 
in the Olympics. Wow. Well, and I mean, it's a good idea. I, I mean, Got to get it out to a bigger audience. I guess. I mean, the, the thing is, if you want to attract a younger crowd to watch your product, which the Olympics essentially is, yeah. um, why wouldn't you I feel like the Olympics is just growing as well. It's, they're going to invite just any, anything, it's any you know, fucking any sport sports. in the world. I mean, quite, quite, yeah. I mean honestly, like, I, would, I think like, I would like to go to, into JJB Sports one day and there's like a trait, there's like sacks, Adidas sacks in there. There's like, you know, spoons made by like, I don't know, the fucking Nike spoons. Yeah, Nike, Nike spoons. Spoon. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like carbon fiber, yeah. like as light as possible. Yeah. You know, with like a shaped thing. So the egg like Teflon grip in. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you exactly. marketed it right and got the right fitness freaks to say egg and spoon is the way, you would look out yeah. your window and you would see grown adults picking up, their, dropping off their kids at school. School and spool and egg and spooning their way to the gym. I guarantee yeah. fucking tea. We yeah. should try this. I know. The Triforce branded egg and spoon fitness suite. That's become a big thing uh, on that topic. You know, people wearing like full outfits, you know, like the like the really like, the biker shorts and like the like Malcolm in the middle and the vest the, things and the helmet the, and they've got their sunglasses on and stuff. Wear. And they call it active wear. You, yeah. you look at them, you think, oh, they must be training for an event or something. But no, they're just going to like sit in a bank. Yeah. Do data inputting all day. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Just... I, half the mums that I see dropping off the kids in the morning and picking them up are in their active wear. So they've got like yoga pants on. They've got like a a, a a sweat top on, like a like a what are those like a not not like a vest, but like uh, it, it doesn't cover your shoulders. I don't know what you call those things anyway, like oh, a running yeah. running vest or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they've got their ultra high tech trainers on and everything, but they've got a push chair with them. I'm like, what are you what are you gonna do? Like, you're not gonna go to the gym with a with a baby. So you're just wearing that shit to say, well, look at me. I'm if active. the baby's if the baby's asleep, you could. I guess you could. I mean, there's a market there, I think, for a, a gym that has like. The station that you're exercising at, and somewhere to park the buggy with a TV. Yeah, like so you can put Peppa Pig on there, and you can exercise. Yeah. I think it shows like an alarming lack of prioritization. But I'll tell you what else it shows, Sips, an an, an alarming amount of sweet asses. Well, <laughs> I, I I agree in most cases, but there are there there are like the the fringe few who probably shouldn't be wearing that stuff ever. Honestly, my active wear is like. I, I used to, I got loads of active wear to, for when I used to go to the gym. I now the only time I wear it is when I come home in the evening, take off my trousers and shirt, and put on like my comfortable pants, and then lie there on the sofa. Right? It's like I I I, I do the least things in, in active the active wear. wear. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then again, maybe like maybe them wearing that outside makes them think, oh, you know, I'll I'll do some butt crunches while I'm like 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 trucking my kid into school or whatever. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I do butt crunches while I, when I'm walking. Exactly, butt crunches. That's how I yeah. crack anyway, walnuts. Yes. Yeah, so. Do you remember getting medals from school sports and stuff at an event? No, I never won anything. No, me neither. Did you not get them for free for doing stuff like no. just just participation? I wasn't no. a very sporty person at school. I, I think for me, like I had a, like a bunch of medals, like four or five, and you know, to the point where I did like a fun run. You know, when I was like, I don't know, six or something, and I got one, and everyone got a medal for it, and it was like the cheapest, shittiest medal. Of course, and, and I was like. Fucking hell, this looks like it might as well be made of like, you know, it might as well come off the front of a magazine. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if there was an if there was a medal for smoking cigarettes on a picnic bench yeah. uh, when I was at school, <laughs> I probably would have gotten gold for that. But six-year-old you just yeah. like egg and spoon in one hand. Yeah. Like fucking smoke hanging out of my mouth, sitting on a picnic <laughs> table. I'm fucking great at this. So when I when I was on the way to um the sports day, we had to drop the kids at school at nine. 
and then I had like half an hour till it started. So there's a coffee shop at the end of my road and all the parents after school, a lot of them go there and get a cup of coffee. So there are two next to each other. They're like two or three doors apart. This is like a captive market it of is. tired mums and dads exactly. who just and need a coffee because they can't It's literally the end of the road. You'd have to go all the way into Twickenham to get a, a Starbucks yeah. or whatever. So yeah, they've it got It only exists right because of these mums. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of them, you know, you'll see them in there with the push chairs and all the rest are having a cup of coffee and a natter and everything. So I thought I'll get myself a fucking bacon sandwich. I haven't had a bacon sandwich in like two months. Like a bacon sandwich. I know it's not good for you, but fuck it. And uh, I went in. I was the first person in the cafe because I was, you know, strode up there. Yeah. And I said, like, I'll bake a sandwich, please. Can you bring it outside? I'm going to sit outside. She said, no problem. So I sit down. It's five to nine. And then a whole bunch of other people turn up. Now, there's two people working in this cafe. 25 past nine. So a full half hour after I've ordered my bacon sandwich. Still hasn't turned up. I've got to go to this sports day. So I put my head in and I said to the lady, look, I said, I'm not being funny, but I've been waiting 25 minutes and now I've got to go. And she just shrugged and went, huh? Like that. <laughs> like, huh? Not my problem, buddy. You got to go. I was like, okay. So I, I stormed off, and I must have told about a dozen people about this bacon sandwich. And when they said, "How you doing?" I was like, "Oh, pretty good." You know what happened the other day? You know that son of a bitch cafe on the corner, that piece of shit. They fucking sold me a bacon sandwich. So now you've told twenty eight. I've people. literally told and anyone that listens to the to the podcast. So yeah, twenty nine people. So the one yeah, person that listens. Twenty nine people. So. I'm standing outside the other cafe, which is easily within earshot of the bad cafe, okay? <laughs> and I'm meeting that some friends of mine come up to say hi to them. And they said, hey, how's it going? You getting something, uh, getting a coffee? I said, yeah. I said, let me tell you something. Don't bother with that other cafe on the corner because I ordered a bacon sandwich there the other day and uh, 25 minutes, they didn't deliver it. I said, so they're dead to me. I obviously, I've got a loud voice, right? I talk real loud. So this lady obviously heard me saying this. So I go in the cafe. I, you know, Mike, the, the the good cafe. I get my smoothie. I'm off. This this is this is yesterday. Okay, uh, sorry, on oh, Wednesday. Fuck. So yesterday, I'm walking into school. The one of the waitresses runs out of the corner cafe and gives me back the cost of the bacon sandwich and says in a very shitty way, uh, "My boss was very busy the other day, so sorry she couldn't get you a bacon sandwich. Here's your money back." So I took the money. And I said, "Thank you very much," and I put it in my pocket. And I thought, what kind of fucking shithole cafe is this? That a customer raising a legitimate complaint, 25 minutes for a bacon sandwich, gets shit talked by the by the help. I was livid. So in my my book, Lewis, if you want to get a bacon sandwich in the sub Twickenham green area, don't go to the one on the corner. Go to the other one. Oh my right. god! Case closed. So Jesus. okay, first of all. It's a very slippery, dangerous slope making enemies in your local community, right? Because now you're basically blacklisted from that cafe. You never I know. I don't give a shit. I wouldn't go to that cafe if you paid me. I, I know. I you know, know what's going to happen, though, now, Flax? That woman that you've crossed through not getting a bacon sandwich is going to be like the dean of admissions for your, your eldest child's college or something like that. She ain't going to be And shit. she's going to remember you. She's going to make your life difficult at some point. Let me tell you or, something. or something like that. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll be in, in the 2028 Olympics, right? Yeah. In 10 years. <laughs> Doing esports. She's, she's going to be the person who Coaching hires on esport casters your for esports. And she's going to be doing interviews. And you're going right. to go for a Dota let, interview. Let me, let me spin that around for you. Let me spin that around for you a second. Maybe. In 10 or 15 years' time, I'll be the dean of something. And maybe her kids will want to get into so-and-so. And I'll say, oh. fuck you, where's my bacon sandwich? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it works both ways. Oh, there's my cleaner. Hold on, I'll be back. I love that. Okay. Holy shit. Man, oh, man. Oh, fucking. Okay. Well, 
holy Pyrians, does Pyrian live in like a manor or a castle or something? Like that doorbell just sounds It does. A really fancy. It? And listen to the echo too. Like that's that's a lot of real estate for that doorbell sound to travel through, right? I think like, to Pyrian make that many echoes. Might actually be the butler though. Do you know what I mean? Of the manor. Oh, house. I, you know I mean, his see. family are like the servants. And they I live see, there yeah. and wait upon some rich London folks. He lives <laughs> in like the, like the outhouse yeah. nurse's room upstairs. That would explain <laughs> quite a lot. Well, are you saying I live in the servants' quarters? <laughs> yeah, Lewis <laughs> called you a butler. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, while you were gone, yeah. What a guy. With two yeah. T's as well. What a guy. Listen, Flax, I got a lot of respect for you, man, because I was in um, London yesterday. Oh, yeah. And it was fucking hot as hell. Oh, it's hot, And dude. how the hell does anyone live in London? It's so fucking busy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's crazy. It's crazy. Everywhere I went, there was just fucking tons of people. I had to take the um, I had to take the tube back to I flew out of London City. Right. I was out at like your end, like well, kind of close. It's like Gunnersbury, so it's like right, right. Sort yeah, of that's, like west, that's pretty close. That's pretty west, close. West of London, and it took like an hour and a half for me to take trains and and tube from London City Airport oh, yeah. out there. And at five o'clock, when I was heading back to the airport, because I I flew back last night, fuck, it was like it was like sardines in a in a tin in that tube it was crazy like some people just couldn't get on it was so packed yeah yeah it's bad. and i was like shoulder to shoulder with all these people and it was super fucking hot I, I and get everyone really was sweating claustrophobic. And, really oh, claustrophobic yeah yeah there's a there's not a lot of space down there yeah, yeah like sometimes mrs f will say like let's say the kids are away she'll say oh, come and meet me we'll go out for drinks after i finish work and we'll get some dinner and stuff i'm like cool but it means riding the train at rush hour and it is it is unfucking believable like you said oh, this is what you said unbelievable. so, so- so Sips texted in the group. He said, um, you know, do you want to hang out? How far is Gunnersbury from you? You replied, two tube stops. And then you said, it's a long way to grab some lunch. It, it actually like, is. It's like, as if like a 15 minute journey. It's like, all no, no, it's not, it's not. Because the thing is, it's like, I'd say, like, here's, here's my general rule of thumb for London. It takes an hour to get anywhere. Minimum. Right. Okay. So I'd have to, Just walk, to the, I'd have to walk to the bus stop, wait for a bus. Hope a bus comes along that goes straight to Richmond. Hope there's no traffic. Get to the tube station. Hope there's a tube. Get off at Gunnersbury. Go meet Sips. It's going to take an hour. I yeah. guarantee mm, it's going to take an hour. E- just getting from I had to I had to like transfer stations a bunch of times and stuff. And the whole the whole process is like it works, but holy fuck, it doesn't feel efficient at all. And you just think. Jesus Christ. Like, if I lived here, I would read so many books and listen to so many podcasts and yeah, stuff because yeah. there's just so much fucking dead time. Like, That's when I did almost all the reading that I've ever done, really, was when I was <laughs> when I was working and I was commuting. Because yeah. if I'm at home, I'm on the computer. Yeah, that's it. But it yeah. when, I, when, I, when I had a job, like, for five years, I'd commute. It wasn't even a long commute. It was, like, 30 minutes by train. But I read so much more, waiting yeah. for the train, on the train, you know, and everything. And, it, you know... That, that was it. That was when I did all my reading. Whenever I when I used to commute for for about a year, I commuted up into um, where was it now? It was near Canary Wharf. So it was like an hour and forty, an hour and forty door to door. So oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And I read all the time, and I listened to so many, so much music. This was before podcasts really were a big thing. Um, so I didn't have those to listen to. So I'd listen to the music and I'd read, and it was unfucking believable how 
tense it makes you. So Mrs. F spends about an hour and a half commuting into work, an hour and a half back. So if she finishes work at six, she calls me up, she says, I'm on my way. I know she's going to be back about 20 past seven at the earliest. Like if things Damn. go just right, that's every day. And if she works late by an hour, I'm not seeing her till nine o'clock. Like it's it's that bad. That's so, nuts. Yeah, it's horrendous. Getting around in London is fucking horrendous. Yeah. And as if London isn't big enough and busy enough already, I went by Canary Wharf on like light rail, so like right. like, up, like the above DLR. ground. Yeah, yeah. There's like fifty fucking gigantic apartment buildings being built in Canary Wharf. It's like it's yes. almost like 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 a like a, a separate London within London sort yeah. of thing. It's just massive, massive. It's you nuts. should see there's fucking cranes everywhere. It's crazy. It's it is crazy. nuts. Oh, no, when God. I was working there, which was a good ooh thirteen, fourteen years ago now, there was starting to build some of the early big apartment buildings and there was like one two that they were building that were like big and i thought wow these are huge there's no way they're gonna fill those and now like you said you go there and areas that i remember being just a wasteland there was just no one using it because there's a lot of spare space around docklands right it's like it, it yeah, wasn't yeah. a heavy populated area it was like no no yeah docks. there's still it was a lot literally of like docks. yeah and there's still a lot of like big abandoned big factories and, shit, and right? stuff yeah yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, some of them had converted, like, there was one that was, like, a, a big tobacco warehouse. It was huge. It was, like, where yeah. the tobacco would literally come off the ships, they'd store it there before they sent it off to wherever it was going. Uh, that Converting that into flats is the trendiest fucking thing in the world. Right. Well, we you stayed know. in one, and it was really, really nice, actually, because they, they left a lot of the original brickwork and stuff inside. But then there's yeah. just these massively spacious flats and stuff. Like, they're really good. They're, they're kind of close to the Excel Center, right? Like, yeah, all, yeah. all in around that area. Yeah. But so here's the, here's the problem when you're talking too. about commuting. Yeah. yeah, yes, they absolutely do the same thing in Bristol because they have those. There's a prestige attached to an older building, right? You know, it's yeah, going to be like every older fancy. building. They convert the, the, it into flats or something. The pump house, I think the the the, the general because that was used to be the general hospital, but they called they call it the general. It's right. huge, huge complex. Yeah, and there's like the brewery and the brew house right. and the keg storage and the shit storage. Yeah, the, yeah, like all all old 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 buildings in North America. You kind of sort of get that. Like I guess they have the old tenement buildings in like uh, New the York. Brownstones, that, right? The old yeah, brownstones. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but parts of North America where you know, a lot of like the bigger buildings were built in like the '60s and stuff. They just rip them down. Yeah, <laughs> there's no point. In, in, there's no point in keeping them because they're all ugly as. Or they sick. just go a hundred yards down the road. There's a yeah. field with nothing in it. Build a building <laughs> yeah. there. It's, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, but but the thing is, all these flats that they're making are for rich people, basically. Like, there's no way that the average person could but afford to buy. But they're also not for rich people. They're for rich people to buy to rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, I mean, that, that's the, this is are. the problem is when Sips is talking about commuting and how miserable it is, think about the fact that so many people, the average workers, everyone that's earning maybe minimum wage or just above that has to commute in because there's no way that you can afford to live even within an hour of your job and still be in London. Like, it, it's yeah. so much harder. London is the most expensive, I think one of the most expensive places in the world, isn't it? It really from, like, is, Sydney. Yeah. There was a thing on Reddit the other day which showed it, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's so much. People spend, like, something like a half their salaries on, on rent or yeah, something. Which is which is catastrophic. What if you're the landlord of a pub, though, and you get to live in the flat above the pub? That's probably that the best, That would be right? pretty sweet, yeah. yeah. I that's think that's dream, one of the attractions, it? is you can literally just walk to work in one minute. Down some stairs, yeah. I would be the guy that serves in his pajamas and dressing gown. I would just wake up, yeah. walk down at 11, open the door, and just stand there serving until I could be bothered to get Okay, first. what if I came in at like 10 to 9, and I asked for a bacon sandwich, right? But 
you, you didn't have any bacon. I would left. say go to the cafe over the road if you're prepared to wait until doomsday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Fuck. That's... I was just proposing that question. That's all. Nice. Holy shit! But 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 the old office. Um, actually, you you know we we moved out of our old office. We moved out so a year ago. Yeah. And that's all been converted to flats. They're all really nice. They've all been sold, and people are living in them. Wow. Um, wow. Already. And, and I've seen them, and they are really really nice. Are you gonna get yeah. one? Because the old office was a bit of a shithole. <laughs> are you gonna move out of your dungeon and get one? You should. I'm way too late. I, I, you know what I would like to see you live in a penthouse or something with a window. I, that I would think be so nice. too. I'd have a lot more respect for you as a person and as a uh, as a work colleague as well. If you got like a really snazzy penthouse somewhere in Bristol, yeah. but at least at least so you're not the archetypal bed basement dwelling redditor, which is what you are it's, browsing it's Reddit very, in a literal basement. If your mother yes. owned the basement, that's the only way you could top it, really. Yeah, it's very. Very cool though in summer. It's very nice. Oh, at that's the moment. true. Oh, that's not, nice. Yeah, it's not hot at all. That's so nice. that is a big, a big plus. And it's got a little garden which I really like. You know, I can sit out there and I've, I've enjoyed the garden. So I mean, I'm, I do like it, but I might have to, might have to get out because it's pissing me off. A lot of the dank basementy things, like mold in the bathroom and all that shit. Lads, oh. lads, what? Let's 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 talk about it. Go on. Let's talk about the fact that it's coming home. Let's talk about oh, football. Yes. So okay, when is the next England game? Saturday. So tomorrow. Yeah, so they, it might not be coming home by the time this comes out. But it might indeed right. not at be. At this point in time, at this time it is. There's coming a home. lot of hope that it's coming home. Yeah. yeah. So so let's just. I watched the England game against Colombia. Uh, Colombia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched it on. ITV player in my office sure. while I was doing some painting little Warhammer models. Right. So I kind of wasn't really paying attention, but I looked up whenever anything interesting happened and they always have action replays and stuff. So I felt like I watched it. Is that is that offending you right now, people? No, not at all. I'm not expecting you to be... If you're not a big fan, you, why would you it be It was bringing to it? back a lot of memories of watching old football games. And honestly, for me, I, I guess this is just a thing because I've suddenly gotten old... Um, it it made me think that I felt like I'd been watching this before. I felt like I'm watching like the same thing I used to do with my dad watching penalty shootouts. I can't remember where the last penalty shootouts I watched were, but but I definitely have watched England lose several penalty shootouts. Right. Um, and I was pleasantly shocked and surprised that we actually won one. Well, that's the first um, one they've ever won. So in a World Cup, we we, we yeah. won. We beat Spain uh, in Euro '96 on penalties, but we've right. never won a penalty shootout in a World Cup. Once it went to penalties, every single England fan knew in their heart that we were going out. And we we're going to go out in this miserable game where they'd equalized the 93rd minute and they'd kick the shit out of us and they tried to put Harry Kane off his penalty and it was horrible. I mean, England, oh. England players were diving left, right and centre. And, and I, like as Gareth Southgate himself said, is we finally realised that we have to play like the rest of the world's been playing. Because if you foul a player from France or Brazil or Colombia, they're going to fall over and roll around and get you booked and get a penalty and get a free kick and us saying, oh, it's it's uncouth. That's why. That's one of the major reasons we've been so shit for so long is because we refuse to play the game the way the foreigners play it, with skill and with tactics 
and with guile. Honesty, yeah. So now this this team is actually doing that. Harry Kane is winning, winning penalties. When there's a player all, jumping all over him, he doesn't just stand there looking at the ref. He falls down. Yeah. That's how you get the ref's attention. No, and he's really good. He's really he's good, very at good at baiting it. out fouls and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. That is a skill. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but it, I, I agree. I would rather see Harry Kane beat three players and smash it into the roof of the net. I would love to see that. But this is the World Cup. We desperately want to win. If they're going to cheat... If we don't cheat, it's, it's what is it, a zero-sum game? Is it that thing where you have to? If they're cheating, there's no benefit to you not cheating. Like, you, you have to be as bad as them, because otherwise you're going to lose, and they're going to get all the extra advantages. Even if it's only half the time, it's an advantage to them, and the other half, no, nothing happens. You, you, have to, you have to go down when there's that contact. If they kick you in the leg, yeah, you could have stayed on your feet. Fall over. Get the foul. I, I, I think Colombia took it like to the extreme. They though. did. Yeah, that was but fucking crazy. We definitely crazy. cheated. There was definitely some diving taking part from the. Well, England here's players. the thing: like watching the watching the game felt like it was some sort of dramatic thing. Now, obviously, like the the the, the announcers are so. First of all, I've watched some other World Cup games, and the announcers are so in this game they're so biased towards oh, England, 100%. right? They can't help, but they have to be, right? Yeah. It's like, and they build up Colombia to be these bad guys, <laughs> and they, they're like watching them scuffing up the oh, score. Oh come on, and they're they like, were oh. so bad though. They got like eight yellow cards that game. But it was it so was dramatic nuts. though. It was so like kind of like like kind of more. It felt like it would was almost like dramatized, almost like fake dramatized. It was though. very dramatic. Yeah, it was very because dramatic. they were kind of Colombia were very much bad guys. You yeah, know? they were like oh, and if if we can name a nation on the modern world who wouldn't mind being like demonized as like bad guys, I feel like Colombia. You know, it's got this reputation as like a drug lord place where they get cocaine. It's all I know sinister. Well, that, that poor guy that missed his penalty is probably going to go back home and get shot now. Like it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I, I feel for them because I, I guarantee you the people of Colombia are extremely passionate about their team and the players are obviously extremely passionate and they want to win for Colombia. I, I have no no disrespect for the way they play, genuinely. It was horrible shithousery, which is what they call it these days, like shithouse football. Like I, right. I agree, it was horrible, but these guys are doing everything they can to win and make the people of Colombia happy. You can't hate them for that. You genuinely can't. in the can't. previous game as well, like I was really happy to see Panama score a goal because they can go away with that and be like, right. holy shit, you know, we did, sure we lost 6-1 but at least we didn't lose 6-0 right yeah you know it felt like they were kind of like at a point where I was like I felt like as an England fan like oh come on, we should give them one guys this, this, <laughs> this is not and then when it happened I was like oh this is quite a relief I don't know it feels like the World Cup in general is, is going well for us and and I'm I, I, I don't know like I've, I've you turned me around PFLAX when you talked about it last time and I I, I was like why am I so you know, setting my ways against football, I should give it a go. So uh, I've been I, loving it. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's, it can be awful. Sometimes the players do things where you roll your eyes. I still but... don't like football. Don't get me wrong. But the World Cup, man, it's special. I, 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 I can now see why so many dads out there watch it. I don't know what it is, but like, I just... I've been following it. I've been loving following it. I've been in like I've been in like a sweepstakes pool, uh, two of them for it and stuff as well. So I'm keeping up with everything and like trying to like figure out who's gonna do better in the later stages so that I can win money off my friends and stuff. Right. And the whole thing has just been fucking great. And I think like off the back of this, 
I want to join like I want to join a Premier League fantasy pool as well. <laughs> and then and okay. then me and my friends are going to do a fantasy league for for hockey in October. I haven't watched hockey Aww. in literally 15 years. Like it's been so fucking long, but I can but, I can I can get a subscription and watch it and st- watch it streamed. So and I can go back and and catch up on games that play like in the middle of the that night for me here. And then I can I can figure out which players I want to trade and transfer and and do this fantasy pool and I can follow it and it's gonna be I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, like I, I, think I, that's I have a the time to it. do it, and I, I and I'm old and boring enough to do it now as well. So it's gonna but be great. If you think about what what football does for me is that pretty much every day when it's the season or when the World Cup's on, I've got something that's gonna take my attention and that is is inherently dramatic. Like sport is drama it really is perfect drama that england columbia game was like a fucking movie like it really was that dramatic there's the bad guys there's the good guys like as a viewer as an england fan viewer yeah and for, for all sport can do that where there's a moment of drama and sometimes it's boring but that makes the dramatic moments that much more dramatic it's like people saying baseball is boring or cricket is boring because it takes a long time and not many things are scored but that means that when something does happen the drama is accelerated it's that much more dramatic if it happens every time yeah if every football match was 10 to 9 you know it would be ridiculous it wouldn't be as interesting to see the goals and and the drama and players getting sent off and the the, the drama before a free kick is taken whenever they're close up on Ronaldo's face he does that thing where he pulls his shorts right up for some fucking reason it's like moments like this that make football very watchable and I think that's what I love about it that every day I can wake up there's some news about it I can read about it debate it with my friends fantasy football stuff it's just a fucking hobby it's fun exactly and I was wondering Sips but I guess your friends that you're doing this pool with are actually friends from Canada rather than, than, than Jersey but Jersey and places like Gibraltar, sort of British, sort of colonies, sometimes are very fiercely British. Yeah, yes. to the point where yeah, yeah, yeah. they almost like to latch onto these sort of things like football, where you can support, you know, England, I suppose, rather in, in a sense, you know. And they, yeah. they well, you're yeah. never going to get any local representation in something like that, so you, you you tend to just yeah support England. Like, there's a lot of England supporters. I over guess here. I'm, I'm sort of saying rather than sort of supporting the local sides they they that i mean like scotland you know are almost rooting for you know uh sweden right on saturday oh, a lot of them, yeah. um because like they they quite like that that's a fun game and it's not like this it's not it's just a fun thing that that scotland do and it's it's funny right i like it it's this sort of semi semi like elbowy nudge nudge thing that just they don't really hate well i'm sure some of them do hate the brits <laughs> as much as as um yeah anyway i was just sort of thinking because when we were going to new zealand australia they they were such big fans of british tv um and they really like you know they're, they're really into that sort of stuff and, and they resonated well with 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 us they felt much more like our people who got our sense of humor and our things they kind of can get behind us on these more so than you'd expect i think yeah um, it's like so, canada's a little bit like that but it's not as a whole like that you know it's it's right. it's a commonwealth country but it's heavily heavily american influenced yeah uh, but there's certain parts of canada that you go to where there's definitely british people and therefore british culture there as well like like parts of like vancouver like victoria like uh, vancouver island there's parts of vancouver island that are almost like places where where 
you know, old British people go to retire sort of thing. So it's <laughs> yeah. become like almost like a, a little jersey or something like that. This is cold and wet enough for us to I, recognize. I might, I might if, I, if I go to TI8, the big, the big Dota tournament, if I go this year, it's in Vancouver. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, I'm always hopeful. This would be my, my sixth TI uh, that I would have been to. It would be in Vancouver. So I'd, I would love to see it. Can you recommend anything for me to do in Vancouver? Well, there's, uh, you can go to Whistler. You could go. You could check out Whistler because it's kind of kind of close. It's like a ski mountain resort. No, 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 no. no, no. It, you got. You have to see it. It's fucking incredible. No, there, there, there's no way. I mean, it has to be in Vancouver. It, it oh, you what? Like it has to be in the city. Like you're not yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. willing to drive like two hours out of the city no, or whatever. God, you no. have to. You have to consider Canada is vast. I know everything. It is. It's like it's like London. It takes you an hour to get somewhere. It's it's not uncommon to drive for six hours to see something interesting. In, right, that ain't in gonna Canada. happen. Like I'm talking but about in something actual I could Vancouver, do in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's just a, it, it's a city. There's just okay. gonna be like fucking stuff to do like everywhere i guess but I, I can't think of any like big standout things that you have to do like in vancouver there's not like a okay. oh my god you have to go see the great tower of pensacola or something like like there's nothing okay. really like that <laughs> i mean i don't but, i don't want to plan ahead too much in case i don't uh, don't get invited obviously but like yeah thing. i mean if you want like you'll you'll be able to see like the the mountains and stuff from vancouver anyway which is Fucking incredible. I mean, apparently it's a lot like Seattle, right? Yeah. But nicer and bigger. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. It's uh, it's very similar. Very, like, very similar. It is very similar. It's, it I mean, is I love like, Seattle. I love it. It's a great city. Yeah, Seattle's Shin's great. been a bunch of times, and we obviously went there, went to Vancouver for a few days, and Hat Films did as well. And we didn't fucking, I can't remember anything that we did was that was particularly amazing. It is like, it's like a grid of, it's an American grid city slapped down, yeah, well, it's sprawled and grown massively. I remember we walked through and nearly got like stabbed by needles because we ended up just walking randomly and we walked into like this massive homeless area, as all American cities have. You yeah, know, it's just massive poverty area. And I don't know, it was. I mean, weirdly, that's the bit that stands out for me. You know, <laughs> is that when you got chased um, by the guy on the bicycle or something? Uh, no, it was where like I think didn't we arrive and then like Smith posted like the first thing he saw was like a used heroin needle in a dog <laughs> shit or something. <laughs> Nice, that was mine. But yeah, I left yeah. it there all, all those years ago. But Wister was amazing. Holy shit! Um, yeah, yeah. If, like I mean, if you if you stay on after Flax for I whatever I wouldn't reason, be. I wouldn't be because uh, generally you you fly in before the group stages and you fly out the day after the final. Yeah. So you sort of the final is on the Sunday, the after party is straight after that, and then you fly out in the afternoon or the evening. Oh on that man, final I was going to say like if well if you're ever that that corner of the world for any other reason you have time. Right. Uh, Banff is fucking a hundred percent worth going to. It's amazing. It, okay. It's yes. so so fucking nice. It's like Grizzly Hills and Wow with like a bit of a bigger village and it's a big ski resort but it's like this like sort of like themed like logwood town thing oh right. fuck it's so awesome it and that's like, what people talk about yeah yeah it's super it's super like, duper nice and yeah just, it, it, just the like, rockies like, in general if, are, if the canadian tourist board like had to put something on the front it would be like Banff, go to Banff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. super nice. But I mean, Vancouver's really nice too. I mean, actually, it's really hipstery, a lot like Seattle. Re loads of really nice, cool little places, coffee shops, and just really, really nice people. It's really feels a lot very upmarket, you know. But yeah, it's a big, big city. Did I tell but, you guys um, um, b before 
TI, I'm going to be in the States for, for two weeks. One week in Florida with my dad and the other week on a cruise ship. Did I tell you about the cruise ship? Yeah, you told us about it. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I thought this was happening in, in, oh, I guess it is because TI is what, September? No, no, it's August. Like end of August? Right. Yeah, near the end of August. So All we're right, going okay. away for two weeks. The day I get back, the day the cruise ship gets back into Orlando would be the day that I would need to go to Vancouver. And I was like, oh, that won't be a long flight. It's like an eight-hour flight. I know, yeah, it's a fucking huge place. Yeah. It's nuts. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I always plan ahead. I always get very hopeful. Um, but obviously now that I'm actually thinking about it, it's not going to happen, but we'll see. I, I I've, said this, uh, I've said this like a million times, I'm sure, but I always remember being a kid and uh, my, my grandparents were out in, in Vancouver, well, Victoria, like, you know, Vancouver Island. Yeah. And I, I grew up on the east coast of Canada in Ottawa. And in the summer, like when I was a little bit older, I'd, I'd fly out to visit with them for like two, three weeks sort of thing over like like school summer vacation, which was awesome. I used to love doing it. But I, I remember I, I remember one year um, I was getting ready to go and I had like some some money, like some spending money for while I was there and stuff. And I just sort of like I, I had to do a stop and I, I, I said to my mom like, oh, fuck, I, I need to convert my money, right? She's like, no. It's like, oh wait, yeah, no, I don't. It's still the same country, but it's a five-hour flight. Like, it's <laughs> it fucking, it's so weird because you, you you just sort of think like, oh, if I'm gonna be on a plane for five hours, I'm going somewhere different. I right. have to have like different money or whatever. But it's not. It's just like, just straight up five-hour flight, at, like flying over the same country the entire time. It's it's fucking. It's, it's insane. It's yeah. so big. Yeah. I think I remember like when I was there, like hearing that basically originally Vancouver had like a choice. And it was like, we could join America or Canada, which one offers us the best stuff. Um, and I think that Canada just offered them a better deal, I think. And that's why they ended up joining Canada. I think it could have gone either way, though. Um, it was one of these places that was kind of, you know, just a bit out of the way. And, it, and, and yeah, I mean, it is weird, isn't it, that Canada is kind of... It, I, I, I think of Canada as a little bit like horizontal chili, right? Chili's obviously like <laughs> long and thin, right? Whereas Canada's is, actually long and thin. It's not long and thin. No, it's no, it's really huge. big. Like it, there's it, a lot of people think it's it's long and thin, but all of that territory up north, like there are people that live. It's very sparse, but it is. Um, there's there's oh, like a lot of like sparse. like Inuit and like Eskimo uh, tribes and stuff that live like far far north in the sort of. Tundra. Oh, but like the bulk of the the of the bulk of like the population must be like Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto. The same Quebec, about America. Vancouver, yeah, for sure. Most yeah. of the people live on the one of the two coasts or Texas. Like that's true. It's like well, much good... of the middle is nothing. That's why when I suggested to my dad that I was going to take a road trip, this is two two TIs ago. I was going to drive from Seattle to Florida. Can you fucking imagine that? Oh had, my god, that I would take you like a, like a week and a bit well, easy. I had like ten it... days, but Fuck. this was between TI ending. This was two years ago. Between TI ending and a Mrs. F and the kids arriving in Florida, I was going to drive to my dad's. And he was like, don't do it. I was like, oh, I've looked at the map. It looks really exciting. I can go. There's like this national yeah, parks on the way and all the rest of it. And he was like, trust me, don't do it. That sounds like Because he says 90% of America, you will see nothing but farmland, truck stops, gas stations for like hundreds and hundreds of miles. And you'll be alone. And, and billboards for, for churches too. Yeah, literally that for eight hours, nine yeah. hours a day for ten days. I was like, yeah, you're you're right because I flew it. It's and awful. I was like, I'm so fucking glad I flew this. <laughs> there is nothing uh, for like a thousand miles. It was crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, I think Hat Films drove from LA to Vegas. Want, I do want to do that. That would be I cool. think that would be interesting enough. Which isn't a huge drive, and they went into some national parks and stuff on the way. But even that was like. 
fucking long. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hardcore. It's, it's, a, like, it's, it's a massive, massive let's place. Let's Google it. Let's Google it. Because Terps wanted to drive... When we, were, when we went to LA for GDC... Or was it one of the others? We, we, I think we were in LA and he wanted to go to GC in San Francisco. And so he was like, let's drive from LA to, to San Francisco. And I was like, what the fuck? No. And he was like, well, we got two days. And I'm like, what, you want to just drive for two fucking days? Because that's what it'll be. <laughs> well, it's four, it's four hours to Vegas. It's 270 miles. It's four hours to Vegas. Is it? So San Francisco is not that much further. Probably about a six-hour drive, yeah. Oh, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, like Ottawa to Toronto is about six hours. We used to do that fairly often. Maybe, maybe Hat Films went to some other places then. But man, anyway, we were looking at it and it was like, it was like, do you feel like you want to just drive all day? I mean, we went to New Zealand, um, me and, and and we drove a lot. We started off in Auckland and we drove down to like all the middle of the North Island. And when we looked at it, when we planned it out, I was like, okay, it looks like it'll be about an hour or two of driving every day. We ended up doing like fucking four to six hours of driving almost every day. And it was like so much driving we, we did because... You know, we, we we ended up going to different places and we didn't factor in having to like go to day trips to places. Sometimes it would be like an hour to get somewhere, an hour fucking around in the local area, then an hour coming back. It'd be like, oh, so much like driving. Yeah. These, these, these places with lots of space. Do they have trains in Australia? I know it's kind of a dumb question, but I don't know. They do. They do. they do, definitely. And you see, they're very, you can get a train, I think, from Auckland to Wellington. I think that's actually where Peter Jackson most like got decided that he was gonna set the hobbit in new zealand because right. he lived in wellington which is the capital in auckland he saw some top. train tracks and he thought you know what this is the perfect place <laughs> well i think the train track takes you through like a lot of this crazy lord of the Rings scenery stuff because right. it changes because some of it's like volcanic some of it's mountainous some of it's kind of tropical oh, and that's f- cool. like florida where some of it's more like just these rolling hills like the hobbit hills it's it's a really interesting train ride i need to read up on australia it's one of these places that i know nothing about like absolutely nothing i wouldn't even be able to point out where major cities are on a on a map of australia it's like Like chile all of the populations around like one thin area on that no i'm sorry that was a weird thing to say earlier you're obsessed with chile what's going on so you planning a trip or something p flags do you went to berlin let's quickly talk about this before it fades from your memory okay why did you why did you go to you know me so well (laughs) literally know me so well it's like he talked about something 10 minutes ago he's gonna have forgotten about it but yeah um yeah so mrs f was out there for a company uh meeting oh and she was out there for like four days or something and then she said look I don't go back. I, I can fly back on the Sunday. Why don't you guys come out on the Friday and we'll look around Berlin? I was like, cool. So we took the kids out of school, which some people would disagree with, but we did it anyway. I thought it was educational. Took them to the Berlin Wall, took them to the Brandenburg Gate, showed them all this, you know, another country and everything like that. I thought it was pretty educational. And because um, Friday, generally at school, they don't do much anyway. Like they just kind of dick about. So I thought, let's take them somewhere. <laughs> so we went to. It's like Fridays here at the office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like Friday everywhere is like, eh, you know, it's almost a weekend. Let's just fuck around. So anyway. So we went and looked around Berlin, and then the whole Saturday, we were, it was just beautiful. We went to museums, you know, we, we looked all over the place. It was great. Had some lovely meals in Berlin, and um, on the Sunday, we went to Berlin Zoo, um, which is one of the best, like, in Europe, I think. It's, it's a fantastic zoo. Um, and I took some pictures, and I posted them on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And people were like, not much space, like, for the animals, right? Yeah. I, I don't really like the idea of taking animals from the wilderness and locking them in a cage. 
all no. aboard the whole. I'm, I'm anti anti that definitely. But they had a lot of space. It's just hard to fit that space into a photograph and also show the animal. Well, so if I'm taking a picture of an elephant and I want you to see the elephant, yes, the frame. You're right. It looks like he doesn't have much space, but he's just on one corner of a much larger area. So they did have a lot of space. Not compared to the plains of Africa. I get it. Right. They should have thousands of miles. They have to walk across searching for water and under attack from poachers and tigers and all the lions. Whatever. Well, this I get is it. the thing. You can't complain about space in in a zoo and then not complain about the fact that the zoo is probably the safest place for these it, animals right. nowadays. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like mo a lot of zoos have just become like conservation trusts and stuff right. now because it it's so fucking bad out there in these natural places yeah, where yeah. animals are meant to live because of poaching, because and, of poaching uh, and all this and other garbage too. There's no lot of space. Well, at least they're fucking alive. <laughs> yeah, they are alive. <laughs> if you said to the elephant, if you said, look, we can set you free on the, the savannah as you're meant to live, wild and free. But there are these assholes that are going to pay a lot of money to come and shoot you. Yeah. There are also assholes who will shoot you just to cut off part of your body to sell. And we can't guarantee that your old home isn't just a big parking lot right now. Right, either. so good luck out there. It's like, well, yeah. I, think, I think it's all right to take some animals and, and, and look after them. And I guarantee you the zoo fucking... These, you don't work at a zoo if you don't love animals, right? These people oh my God, are no. definitely loving and looking after these animals and, and taking care of them and stuff like that. Yeah. But one, one of the things they do is they saw the tusks off the elephants. Uh, not in the zoo. The zoo, they have these massive ivory tusks. But in the wild, what they'll do is in the pre preservation is they'll saw the tusks off and let the animals go. Because that way there's no point the poachers shooting them. Yeah. Because it's like, well, there's nothing to take. So you keep them short, which is, it's like, this is the kind of level that we need to go to. So it's that dangerous where you're literally having to say, look, buddy, if you go out there wearing this... They're going to shoot you. So you've got to cut the tusks off. It's awful. It's dreadful. So I think if people are going to complain about zoos, if you, I mean, when you see the polar bear enclosure, it's really small. Like for, for, some, for an animal that wanders yeah. thousands of miles across the ice, I get it. It's really small. But he's not going to die. You know, I mean, it, it, yes, it's captivity, but he's still alive. It's not like the zoos 100 years ago where people paid to box the kangaroos and shit like that. It's like, you know, they look after the animals. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I agree. I thought it was good. I, I thought it was I, good. Yeah, I've been to Berlin Zoo. I went uh, a long time ago. I don't know if it's changed a lot. And uh, I, re I remember it sticking out as being pr pretty great. Like They had was, a lot of space. It was, like, it just didn't look in the photograph, but... I, there was a taper there. You never seen a tapir? Looks like a big fat pig with a long nose. They're really, yeah. really adorable, right? Yeah. He was chilling in the sun. He, you know, when a cat is happy and they have that kind of half moon eyes and they're kind of smiling. He was sitting. He was the happiest tapir you've ever seen. He was. This is fucking great. He's sitting there. There's food brought to him. It was adorable. I'm like, this guy's happy. How could he not be happy? Zoos are definitely weird. I don't know where it's come from, but I have this same automatic response almost. I think I think sometimes my beliefs and my thoughts and my feelings come from just just osmosis of, of the world that I live in and the world around me. And I agree with that. My general feeling about zoos is that, yeah, like I think there is this worry that they're treating animals cruelly, that they're keeping animals in cages, that they're not allowed to freely, freely fly in the sky. And I think I have to sort of work to get over that. I think that, well, for example, like birds, right? I feel like uh, if you have a pet bird or a lizard and you put it in a, in a, in a small cage or a small terrarium or whatever, I think that's very cruel. Or, or fish in a tank. Like, like I, I automatically think like, oh, that's, that's cruel. But, 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 so often I've I've been told that that's that's just wrong and like that birds you know like modern modern pet 
pet birds that you'd have as pets have kind of been bred like cats to the point where they're used to living in cages and they like it and they're kind of they can't really survive on their own right. and, yeah. do you know what I mean it's like yeah anything it's like that becomes domesticated yeah. kind of doesn't have the survival skills it needs at the same time I know that like a bird will like kind of pluck its own feathers if it's like stressed out or something and some of them don't like bright lights and so I, I went to this place in, in, in Japan um, where I saw some some sort of captive birds being held and it, it felt to me very touristy, very cruel. Yes. And it felt very much like the opposite of what I what I was used to. And I'm sure that, and that Japan is a very first world country, you know, and I think like Berlin, um, you know, some places, other zoos I've been to, like Sydney Zoo, um, Bristol Zoo, like like uh, Singapore Zoo, feel very... Bristol Zoo is um, really good. I really like Bristol Zoo. I thought it was They feel very zoo. open. They feel very, like, caring. They've got a large amount of space. They've got a large amount because they're very hyper-conscious about... Um, what they're doing yeah. and the impact and and conservation and that the animals, you know, are not there to be exploited. Right. And, but I'm sure that other countries are not as on top of it. And I, I think that, um, yeah, like like you have to, I had to like kind of fit my, I, 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 I just, I don't know why I have this low underlying stress level that wants me to like free animals and stuff, you know? I, th- and, I think we, we um, in Britain, I think in a lot of, a lot of countries, Scandinavia, I think, North America, Canada, we have um, an, an attitude to animals where it's it's not just caring, but it's empathetic. And I think if you look at the kind of food, for instance, that gets served in Japan, they'll serve live animals to be eaten, and that's almost unheard of in, in the West, right? It's not something that you see very often, but our attitude to animals is very different. It's just a cultural difference. No, yeah, we like ours heavily processed instead. Exactly. We <laughs> empathize. We want to ground into a nugget. So that we're not right. reminded of the fact that essentially an animal has been reared for us to eat. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in Japan, they're like, fucking cut its head open, I'll eat its brains while it's still alive, right? No problem. Yeah. Just like in the raises, what, the, the, the yeah. Temple of Doom, when they the serve the, Doom, yeah. the eyeballs and the monkey brains and stuff. A lot of oh. cultures, to them, that's no problem. The animal's going to get eaten. Who cares if it's alive or dead, if, if it's suffering? Exactly. No and, problem. And the most expensive restaurants there, you'll be able to say, yeah, I want that fish, you know, and he'll pluck it out cut its head off while it's still moving, you know, and chop it up for you in front of it's you. It's just a cultural difference. But I think that also extends to their treatment of animals in a zoo, where it's more of a commodity Oof. than an animal that you're, you know, respecting in a way. Like, I go to see the elephant, I'm like, wow, that's impressive. I'm not like, hey, look at the fucking elephant in the cage. You know, I'm not I'm not tormenting it. I'm impressed by it, and I'm appreciating it. And I it. think this is changing, though, to some extent. Like, I think people are becoming more aware of this, and these, these things are slowly being... being put forward and, and it's changed change is happening but i think like hmm yeah it's tricky isn't it it's like a tricky topic just to cap this one off bristol zoo really nice i'd yeah, say it was probably good. four out of five um Agreed. as as it goes for for zoos <laughs> the only uh criticism i have of bristol zoo is there's this gigantic gigantic area with coin-operated rides for kids yeah. which was right. just like the gates of hell like it was the worst it was impossible to get out of fuck me don't put those <laughs> things in zoos for christ's sake like, <laughs> it takes away from the kids looking at the animals because all they want to do is ride on bob the builder a billion yeah. times and i don't have make, that much make money. Some money i guess but oh, Jesus. I mean, like i don't have that many coins like i'm, I'm trying to go contactless now so <laughs> please <laughs> Please get rid of those. They need to put those little um, contactless beep things on the Bob the Builder oh, God. machines. I think, yeah. I think it probably brings in some extra money for the zoo. It right? probably like, does, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, do you think, like, you, was the other problem at Bristol Zoo, the, the cafe, you went in and you ordered your, your bacon sandwich and it just, like, 
25 minutes later never turned they were up like, yeah. yeah we have to we have to kill another wild some boar some fucking monkey had eaten it I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the chip talk in half an hour and I've been waiting 25 <laughs> minutes for my bacon sandwich you bitch so the fuck? so please come to to Bristol we're not the Bristol tourist board I said this in the vlog last week so we've got our little statue of the Wallace and Gromit um, the Wallace and Gromit statue right in, oh in yeah yeah that's Arfine. good yeah. it's nice to walk around I don't know I don't know why we're giving it so much promo but uh, it's also the 10 year anniversary by the way of the Oxcast whoa um, when? it was today uh, this week oh this week so the 9th, 9th of July what are you going to do well me and Simon recorded a one off podcast which should be out already is it okay if we put it on this feed yeah um, I know you guys are quite protective absolutely not Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's okay. We'll we'll find out somewhere to put it. It'll be fine. You guys, you guys nice. can have a look. No, and, put it on um, here for goodness' sake. My only concern is people will realize that they preferred the Simon and Lewis podcast, and they'll say, "Yeah, just do that one now." Fuck these other yahoos. We'll be out of a job. Yeah. Do you have any like positive memories of like the Oxcast and like what, what's what, what's like um, anything you anything you have to say on this sort of birthday? time i've i've made a great living for the past seven years and well it's been great god no regrets <laughs> okay sitting around in my underpants playing video games all day in your active way you definitely mean. recommend yeah anyone yeah anyone who has friends that can bring them up through that that would be great do it fantastic go for it p flex i'll get back to you well, thank you for listening <laughs> to the Triforce podcast this week, everyone. We will hopefully be back next week. Yeah, we will should we be, be back. Yeah, you guys here? Yeah, okay. I'm not, I don't have any trips or anything, so because inevitably there's going to be this TI period where Piran's gone for like oh, four weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. The well, possibly. Let's say possibly. Uh, next Thursday. Well, he is going to be away for like two weeks before TI, and then probably gone to TI for like two weeks. I would, so. I would be away for a month, but I, I could, could be, could well be in a position to do the podcast. I, if I, if I can do it from the cruise ship, that would be pretty high. That would be, be pretty nuts. amazing. Yeah, imagine you, we imagine. Imagine you're just talking about something and 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 you make like a really bad dad joke and then the ship's horn goes <laughs> off like perfect timing. That'd be great. I feel like that horn is like the summoning of like some terrible being deep sea beast. Oh, like, man. You know, yeah. like a, the tentacles start coming out. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Next Thursday is the Battle of the Boyne. Nice. Uh, in Northern Ireland. That's the, the day of the Battle of the Boyne. And it's the birthdays of two children I know. But other than that, I'm free. And the week after that, I'm going to be in Bristol. So. Oh, for poker mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. see you guys okay. uh, next week then indeed right. thanks for listening adieu all. bon voyage and arrivederci goodbye come on in love you it's coming home it's coming out love you bye bye bye, bye.